The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, <clears throat> mudita is the Pali word for appreciative joy, and it's sometimes translated as empathetic joy or sympathetic joy. And it's what goodwill or metta feels when it encounters happiness. It wants the happiness of others and, and oneself to continue. Um, perhaps it's easiest to feel for yourself or the people that you love or like. Um, if we, interestingly, if we fear deprivation or we've unconsciously harbored some idea that there's a limited supply of happiness um, in such a way that if it goes to someone else or people we don't like, there will be less for us. So sometimes people feel competitive about good fortune or even feel envy um, when someone else receives something that they want for themselves. But, of course, we can always contemplate, does another person's happiness diminish yours? What ideas or attitudes might underlie that? What experiences might be behind that? Um, at another time when you, you are happy, how would it be for you to know that others resented you or begrudged your happiness? It'd be pretty uncomfortable, yeah? So there's no need to judge ourselves or others in this practice. We can take into account that um, we ourselves and people who have some wisdom have at some time or other behaved unskillfully. And that people uh, have been harmed by that. Also that people who have harmed others, including any time we may have done some harm, at other times have been good to someone else. So a lot of this is about separating unskillful behavior from the person themselves and realizing how big a role conditioning plays in unskillful behavior. And that can help us realize that appreciative joy for someone else's happiness really gets to the root of their potential as a human being. Um, we can think about them as an innocent baby to whom events then happened. So sending wishes for continued happiness to their inner potential in a way to grow into a skillful, kind person and sending that to ourselves as well. That person or, or this person with this potential, sending that person the appreciative joy. Just as we would want to receive sympathetic joy when things go well for ourselves, despite the fact that we're imperfect. Perhaps including the wish that someday we and others will be freed from suffering towards genuine, sustainable happiness in the Dharma. We may struggle with the realization that some have been born into privilege or currently enjoy some good fortune, while others are deprived of resources 
for even the most basic needs, water, food, shelter, love. In light of this, it's really helpful to remember equanimity, you know, like a balanced mind and a wise view. And that wise view includes the recognition that actions have consequences. All human actions have consequences. So there are consequences from inequity. And the correction of it is probably not happening anywhere near as quickly as we want. But equanimity, together with sympathetic joy, compassion, and goodwill or loving kindness, can help us remain constructive while we're aware of the imbalance uh, between those who have happy circumstances and those who don't. Appreciative joy has this wonderful quality, as do all the Brahmaviharas, of helping us see that happiness creates more happiness. Each of these Brahmaviharas foster an increase in themselves in the world. So if we offer kindness, kindness is more likely to be offered in return. If we offer compassion, that's likely to grow around us. And happiness becomes more abundant when we celebrate good fortune when it comes along. And, you know, when any uh, of these Brahma Viharas, including appreciative joy, when it feels difficult to access, it's always useful and skillful to wish that we could send wishes of one of these qualities. So, for example, may I open to the happiness I see in others? That's a wish to have access to appreciative joy. And we can balance any reactivity with our capacity to think wise thoughts. For example, I know that uh, things that people get through crime or uh, malfeasance don't last. I see that human life is short. I see that sooner or later, suffering and sorrow come to everyone. And and. Most importantly, may I not begrudge a few passing moments of happiness in this life. It's not as abundant as we wish it were sometimes. So this practice of appreciative joy, uh, by the way, is of course supported by these other Brahma Viharas. Maybe you felt that. You know, when there's kindness and goodwill, happiness grows. When there's compassion and care for others, Happiness is then a possibility again. Each one strengthens and supports others. And I want to read you an excerpt from an essay by a monastic Nyanaponika Tara. And he was someone who lived in the last century, a German-born Theravada Buddhist monk and scholar. Um, after he ordained in Sri Lanka, he later became the co-founder of the Buddhist Publication Society, authored a ton of books and articles. And he mentored and taught a whole generation of Western Buddhist leaders, for example, Bhikkhu Bodhi, and many of us who have read, you know, many of the suttas translated by Bhikkhu Bodhi 
will appreciate how important that is since he's done so many translations on which those of us who speak English now depend for our information about the original Buddhist suttas, or as close to them as we can get. So Nyanaponika Tara wrote, Compassion prevents love and sympathetic joy from forgetting that while we are enjoying or giving temporary and limited happiness, there still exists at that time the most dreadful states of suffering in the world. It reminds them that our happiness coexists with measureless misery, perhaps at the next doorstep. It's a reminder to love and sympathetic joy that there's more suffering in the world than we are able to help mitigate and that after the effect of such mitigation has vanished, sorrow and pain are sure to arise anew until suffering is uprooted entirely at the attainment of Nibbana. So this is one of the roles of compassion. Compassion does not allow that love and sympathetic joy shut themselves off against the wide world by confining themselves to just one narrow sector. Compassion prevents love and sympathetic joy from turning into states of self-satisfied complacency within some jealously guarded, petty kind of happiness. Compassion stirs and urges love, and he's referring to metta here, to widen its sphere. It stirs and urges sympathetic joy to search for fresh nourishment, nourishment, not, not be complacent and stuck in one moment. It helps both of them to grow into truly boundless states, like the Metta Sutta that I read to you earlier this week was encouraging boundless loving kindness. Sympathetic joy holds compassion back from being overwhelmed at the sight of the world's suffering, from being absorbed by it to the exclusion of everything else. It keeps us from falling into grief, constant grief. Sympathetic joy relieves tension of mind, soothes the painful burning of the compassionate heart. It keeps compassion away from melancholic brooding without purpose from a futile sentimentality that merely weakens and consumes the strength of mind and heart. Sympathetic joy develops compassion into active sympathy. Sympathetic joy gives to equanimity the mild serenity that softens its stern appearance. It is the divine smile on the face of the Buddha a smile that persists in spite of his deep knowledge of the world's suffering, a smile that gives solace and hope, fearlessness and confidence. Wide open are the doors to deliverance, it, it says. So that's what Nyanaponika Tara reminded us of, and that is how these qualities balance one another. As you practice appreciative joy, you'll probably notice, maybe you just noticed, that it has an energizing capacity. It can lighten our hearts. 
And that's skillful to keep in mind when you find your heart sinking into sadness at the suffering in the world, grief. Sympathetic joy benefits tremendously from continual grounding in mindfulness. And that's the way that it won't kind of veer into giddiness or kind of over-excitation, which isn't really the aim of this practice. It can be a calm kind of appreciation or joy, and it doesn't need excitement to flourish. So I hope for those of you who are enjoying these practices uh, that you perhaps use today to touch into appreciative joy, noticing happiness around you, noticing happiness inside you, and being able to take a few moments to feel that and enjoy that. Um, It's been wonderful sharing this with you this morning, and I wish you a very joyful day. See you tomorrow morning.